0: We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit SavageArms.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles. My name is Dan Johnson, you know this. But uh, hopefully this podcast, right, the Nine Finger Chronicles or the Hunting Gear Podcast or any of the uh, podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation Network gives you uh, a silver lining to your week, right? Whether you're scooping manure, whether you're pulling calves, whether you're driving long haul, whether you're wrenching or welding or sitting in a cubicle, typing up, spreadsheets um hopefully this podcast is a break from reality and lets you kind of zone out while you go through the motions of work unless you're a heavy machinery operator i don't want you zoning out because that would probably uh cause it's probably some kind of osha violation anyway (laughs) um we got a a mini bs session today it's actually a pretty quick episode about 30 minutes uh we talked to kyle bridges from uh Oklahoma, and he's going to just BS with me about his deer hunting season, and uh, that's really about it, man. Um, I just want to quickly point everyone to the Nine Finger Chronicles. Um, uh, what are we doing here? What am I trying to promote? I'm trying to promote the <laughs> the uh, Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page and Instagram page. If you're not uh, following along there, already please go and follow also be sure to subscribe to the nine finger chronicles podcast you can do that at itunes or you can do that to wherever you you know wherever you download your episodes. Also, subscribe to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I host that episode or that podcast as well, and uh, lots of great content, man. This week, I think we have on uh, the brand manager from Bowtech. Yeah, that was the most recent one, and we got a lot of good content coming um, coming out of that uh, podcast as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the network. Make sure you're following along. Not only to my podcast but all of the podcasts on the on the network other than that man i'm just going to do a quick commercial here and get right into the episode uh la, 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 la. ozonix okay uh, by now if you've listened to me talk about my gear setup um how i operate running gun style which it leads into the next product we're going to talk about but ozonix is just one of those products that i it makes me feel confident as a hunter And um, it's just a product that I love using because I feel like it's it's a product that kind of has my back. And uh, without you know sounding too sales pitchy, I mean this ozone that it generates out in the field and out you know I keep all my while I hunt I keep all my clothes in the dry wash bag I run an ozone cycle and there's times where I feel invisible walking to the stand right and it really cuts down the uh, scent profile on my access routes coming in and actually coming out and I just feel like I can get away with hunting a stand um, uh, an aggressive set more times before the area gets burnt out and that right there gives me the confidence, right? So that's the in the field, you know, using it while you know, using it on my clothes, using it while I walk in. I actually keep my backpack open and, and let it run, and then while I'm in the tree, right? And, and just in case anything gets downwind to me, uh, the ozone that's in the air there really, um, I guess, depletes might might be the word I'm looking for. Really turns down my scent profile to the point where they're just kind of like, hmm. What is that? What you know? What is that? They don't. They don't throw their tail up. They don't snort. They don't blow. They don't run away, uh, and they just don't connect that scent with a human. And really, that's all you want. And then uh, I run the dry wash bag cycles uh, when I'm done with every hunt. So uh, go go to their website. Just type in Ozonics in Google right, and go check out their website. We have a discount code for for you, and that is. It's NFC19. So when you purchase a unit, you get a free dry wash bag. Uh, so you can buy the new Orion or the HR230 or whatever, and uh, or the HR300, and you can get uh, a free dry wash bag with that discount code NFC19. Other than that, guys, Lone Wolf is the next uh, brand I want to talk about. And it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the Ozonics, right? I mean, mobile, quiet made in America, uh, easy to set up, easy to tear down. And another product that I really feel uh, comfortable and confident in, it's almost like a, another appendage on me. I mean, I, I, I can do it in the dark. I don't like to, <laughs> but I can do it in the dark. Uh, I can do it quickly. It can go in any tree and really that's, you know, a lot of other tree stands on the market, man, they just don't in, and, and climbers included. If it's not a straight tree with no limbs, you can't get into it. And the, uh, the lone wolf system really allows you, uh, to get in there and, uh, go ahead and, and, and set up in a crooked tree. So you're in the right spot, not necessarily the right, you know, like, uh, somewhere close, you can go to the, the, you know, the right possible spot. So if you want to find out more information about Lone Wolf, go to lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and uh, enter the discount code if you decide to purchase 9FC50, 9FC50 and lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and you're going to save... $50 $50 on all orders over $200 so you buy a tree stand you're getting 50 bucks off or yeah $50 off and it's roughly like it's just under 20% savings so uh, take advantage of that all right commercials are done let's get into today's mini bs session with Kyle Bridges three two one Mr. Kyle Bridges how are we doing man
1: Pretty
0: good, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It is, um, let's see, it's blowing hard here in Iowa. We're supposed to get somewhere between 8 to 12 inches of snow tonight. So they've already, they haven't canceled it yet, but they've delayed school two hours for tomorrow already. I have a feeling it's going to get canceled uh, all the way. The news says that this little area where I live uh, is like the tip of the spear. So, who who knows? We could get twelve inches, we could get four. Yeah, that's about how it goes around here. Where where remind me where you're from again?
1: The southwestern Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I, I live I, I live around Altus, but I, I hunt uh, northeast of here.
0: Okay. So you're from Oklahoma. Do you guys get much snow throughout the year or not?
1: Uh it it really depends. Um, usually when we get it it's at least down in my part of the world, it's usually late January, maybe this or uh, February, you might get a a snowstorm or two, but it usually doesn't amount to much.
0: Yeah. So you guys don't get like a lot of accumulation throughout a a winter.
1: Not really. We get, if we get any kind of accumulation, it's usually ice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My uncle lives in um, Southern Kansas, uh, like the Southern part of Kansas. And uh, they don't get, too terribly much snow they do get a lot of ice but not a, not a lot of snow down where he lives so um what are the just out of curiosity I, I you know i'm i'm trying to think about what deer are doing like right now we already have about six or six plus inches of snow on the ground and we're going to get dumped again you know just making it hard for them to get to anything that's on the the ground of the you know the, the forest floor or the ground if there's any grain waste in the ag fields But we're, what are the deer doing in Oklahoma this time of year?
1: Um, usually every morning going into work, you can see them on a green field, you know, winter wheat field. Um, if, if, if you have like a good kind of sanctuary that has a bunch of like natural grasses, they they tend to kind of just stay there. The, the does kind of move at least, at least around my place. Like the does will move around a lot, but the bucks are just content to where they're at. they, you really don't see them a lot especially the older bucks you really don't see them out a lot until the rut hits yeah and they're usually staying pretty close but for right now they're just it's basically the same thing they're just staying probably right around their bed areas as much as possible
0: yeah so you'll
1: catch them you'll catch them on those those off days you know where it's cold and kind of chilly you'll, you'll catch them feeding
0: Okay, so when it comes to, uh, I guess, do you guys got a lot of grain down there as far as like corn and soybeans, or do you guys have any big ag where you where you live?
1: Um, actually, not really where I'm at. Where I'm at, it's 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 usually a bunch of cotton fields. Okay, for the most part, that are. And then you'll you'll get after they after they get the cotton out of the fields, most farmers are put down you know winter wheat to just kind of as a cover crop.
0: Okay. So most of the the area that you live in is cotton territory. So um man, I was talking to another guy from Oklahoma where he's like there's just a lot of mesquite trees uh and it's cattle, basically cattle operation. Um what are the deer eating throughout the years other than this cover crop of uh uh like winter wheat and and uh grasses?
1: Um we got we got some very few uh, oak trees, um, you'll find them scattered. We've got a bunch of, like, plum thickets, a bunch of plum thickets that are usually covered in the in the summer, starting the into the fall a little bit. So I think they eat a bunch on the acorns and those plum thickets.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So when it comes to your neck of the woods, in, you know, on the, you said southwest corner of Oklahoma?
1: Yes, right off the
0: uh, North Fork River. North Fork River, okay. So when, you know, everybody starts talking about Oklahoma recently and how these, these there's these giant bucks coming out of Oklahoma, I think, uh, was it 2019? I think it was, had the most 200-inch deer come out of that state in, uh, across the whole United States. So more 200-inch deer came out of Oklahoma in 2019, I think it was, than any other uh, state in the lower 48. So, um, what do what do you think that reasoning is? How are deer getting so big, uh, in Oklahoma?
1: Honestly, I, I think it's just people are finally starting to realize that if you let them grow, you know, if you let them go, they're going to grow. Yeah. Like most, most people, most people I think out there are, are kind of like, or, or at least for me anyway, like I love deer meat. I love to eat it. That's why I hunt i i'm happy i think in oklahoma you get four four doe or you can get up to four does and two bucks and i love that you can get four does
0: yeah all right but i
1: mean a big buck comes with a lot of meat yeah like
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so an older mature deer has just a lot of meat on them
0: yeah that's a fact so you're saying that not for two reasons one if if, uh, you let the deer go you can get more meat off of that buck but at the same time um with that age also comes bigger antlers obviously
1: oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah because cause like like out here on the farm like i basically hunt on an active cattle ranch we we i think it's it's roughly around four to five hundred acres what i hunt and what i hunt on and there's cattle pretty much rotated around on all of it it just happens to coincide that every so often it coincides where we we rotate them at the start of deer season and they're not on there for a good while
0: yeah so you're rotating you're rotating your cattle off during uh deer season or back on
1: um it, it just depends on on how our pasture rotation set up that for that time
0: gotcha okay
1: like i said it, some sometimes it works out to where we rotate them off and then sometimes it just happens where i'm just kind of because i want to say we have three different pastures we rotate and and, and what i hunt and if if they're in the back, we'll say, well, they're you know they're on the back north spot. I'll punt anywhere on the middle to the front just to stay out of them. They won't come bother me. Hopefully, they won't see my truck and think I'm I'm farming
0: that day. <laughs> then they'll come. They'll come interrupt your hunt because they think they're gonna get fed.
1: Oh yeah, they think they're gonna get a treat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, another reason why deer are. You know, in Iowa, we got a ton of ag, right? And even in harsh winters, um, there could be enough grain waste and food on the landscape to, you know, let the deer herd survive. Plus, they're just tough animals. Do you think another reason that deer are hitting max potential in antler development throughout the state of Oklahoma could be that you guys are, um, you can bait and feed them all year round?
1: Oh, I'm sure that plays a really big part in the
0: yeah do you do you I'm feed sure do you I mean, feed your deer all no. year round? no
1: no I don't I don't do any kind of food plots I don't do the only thing I do is for about a month or two before season, I'll put out corn piles on the ground in front of a camera like inventory sites just kind of see what's see what's lurking around.
0: Gotcha but you won't you then, you personally don't run uh, corn piles during or feeders during the actual season. No, no,
1: no, I I generally don't. I, I, I like, I like finding pinch points. I like finding, you know, crosses. I like finding deer sign and hunting that deer sign.
0: Gotcha. So let me ask you this. If you did decide, Hey man, I, I'm going to dump a pile of corn out in front of my tree, uh, my tree stand. Do you think it would help or hurt you?
1: You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I've only, I've only really ever hunted in front of a feeder one time. And really the, I think I only ended up seeing two deer that even came to the feeder. It's just, I mean, I think it's just right time, right place.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I, you hear this, the whole baiting game, right? Obviously, you know, if you have like, if I, I'll tell you what, if if it was in season right now and there was 10 inches of snow on the ground here in Iowa and I dumped a, a pile of corn out and I continued to put a pile of corn out in the middle of the timber, um, I would get a lot of deer coming to that pile uh, of corn just to, un, under those circumstances. Maybe not uh, earlier in the fall when there's still like green bushes and, and ag to be eaten up. But the other places that I, I talk, you know, where I talk to guys uh, in in other states that uh, where baiting is legal, that some of the big buck hunters, you know, that bait don't even hunt over the bait piles. They kind of they kind of flank them and or you know get way downwind of them or or try to find an area where the deer would be coming to nocturnally in in these uh in some of these bait piles so it just kind of i don't know i've never had the ability to bait i it doesn't really interest me at all even if i could do it but uh, i was just curious uh if you ever used uh if you ever used bait and if it actually helps like you said i really haven't like you said
1: I'll, I'll put out, I'll put out some bait in front of you know a, a few trail cameras in some areas that I think I might hang or I might set in because most time I I sit on the ground for the most part I like to find a nice big cedar tree cut some branches back and just sit up against it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this time uh, is the Oklahoma season over for you guys?
1: Yeah, it ended uh, January fifteenth.
0: Okay, January fifteenth, it's over. Pretty close to when Iowa's did. Um, do you? Do you do any type of scouting or any post-season work to help you improve for the next year?
1: Um generally I I'll, I'll, I like to get out uh, a few times a month maybe and starting in February till April just kind of see like where they've been moving because generally like I won't go in there unless I have to go in there for farming. So it'll hopefully you know quiet back down and they'll get kind of back into to their normal swing of things then i can always especially if there's not cattle over there i can always find trails really you can find fresh trails because the only thing that's going to be running through there is either it's going to be a hog or a deer yeah
0: do you got do you guys do a a lot of hog hunting too oh i do yeah yeah so um every day Let me ask you this. It's a question that I've always wanted to ask. I don't know why I've never asked it before, but in some of these states, and maybe from your opinion, because you you do have hogs on your farms, um, do hogs interfere with the whitetails? And what I mean by that is, do they kick them out, or are they okay living together?
1: Um. I think I think where people would run into a problem there is where you have a feeder and the hogs coming into the feeder running deer off from the feeder. I think just out in the wild, I mean, honestly, it's probably like deer and cows. I mean, yeah, they might like look at each other, but I don't really think they're going to be that that like real timid of them. Yeah. Or at least I haven't seen that. I've I've seen hogs and deer within the same you know eye shot in the yeah. same scene.
0: But it's not like a deer will blow out of there if they see a hog working their way through the the landscape.
1: I haven't seen that.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm always... they might.
1: They might. They might take a different path than they were going to take, but I haven't seen them like just start stomping, raising all kinds of hell, and booking.
0: Yeah. Um, from from your experience, when are the deer starting to drop their antlers uh, in Oklahoma?
1: well I, usually around my part it's it's around late February to March I believe yeah so it's pr- usually when I'll start finding them yeah. It's around March and then through through turkey season with April
0: yeah so uh pretty much standard with the uh with the rest of the nation man I tell you what i I don't know about you but I want to put. I want to start putting some miles on. I'm ready to start doing some shed hunting in Iowa. Um, obviously, the snow that we're getting really isn't helping things. But we, uh, I, dude, I love shed hunting. Do you have enough access to property to sh- like really put in a good shed hunt?
1: Um, I'll typically do it after work. Usually on days I'll work till I don't know, one or two, and then you know I'll go. Get my shed hunting out outfit on. Usually, usually take a my AR with me in case I run into some hongs.
0: Yeah. Do you find many?
1: But, um, I did. I did last year. Off to send me a picture. I've got a carhart that is just plumb full of sheds. Yeah. So um, I think it ended up being from like two or three days of me looking.
0: Yeah. So, uh, do you hunt strictly private, or do you hunt like a mix of uh, private public?
1: um i i used to hunt public when i first moved down here and then i got on this this farm and i've just been hunting this farm honestly
0: (laughs) yeah yeah man i don't blame you uh you know with with me the you know i i'm taking a trip in most time most years i'm taking a trip in september uh i started taking trips in october i hunt two weeks in uh you know two weeks in november and uh Maybe depending on you know this year I took a trip in uh, September and in December. It's not like I, I I have a good farm that holds good deer, and it, it's not like I'm you know going all over the place anymore to try to try to find a new farm. It's something that I, I think I I shouldn't get too comfortable with. Like I think I honestly in the next month or so, as the sheds start falling a little harder, I think I'm going to start knocking on. Doors, uh, more you know, more doors to try to gain access to some farms closer to home and down uh, in my main, you know, by my main farm, just to try to pick up some more options, just in case you know, uh, landowner tries to sell or someone comes in and you know, and and then all of a sudden I just lose all this acreage and I'm just like, oh boy, now what do I do? Right, I don't want to be caught with my pants down before a season starts. Um, do you? Uh, are you always actively looking for for ground or do you have uh kind of a uh are you happy with what you have?
1: I'm I'm definitely happy with what I have. Um the good thing is there's there's a piece of public land in my in, it's probably about 50 miles away from my house that I used to hunt and it's pretty good. It, not a lot of people hunt it. Yeah. I mean I know when I used to hunt in there. The only time you're really going to run into people is when, oh, muzzleloading season starts happening and rifle season starts. A lot of people don't bow hunt, and if they do, they're kind of like those bow hunters that go beyond, you know, three hundred yards. Yeah, and you're probably not going to run into them.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's pretty low key then.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I've I've got a couple spots that I still got. I still got pinged on a on a GPS. That are if I ever need to go back there. That cool should be some good spots.
0: Cool. So let me ask you this: Um, You shot a really good deer during uh, during rifle season this year. And last was it last year? You shot a a big deer, right? A stud, right?
1: Uh, or was it the year before? The one I got last year. I got a, I got an eight point last year with my crossbow. Okay. And then my dad, and then my dad shot a monster rifle. It was rifle season opening uh, evening. Gotcha. Just a big giant, big giant mainframe eight with a big old drop time.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So this year, going into this year, um, what did you have on trail camera that got you excited?
1: Um, actually, I I popped a a trail camera up. There's an old cabin about a couple hundred yards him. my dad killed that one that last year. And I had it up there at the end of last season. I kept getting a few small bucks and a lot of does. So I ended up putting up there a little bit before season when they were still in velvet. And I was flipping through pictures one day, and he popped up there, that, that big one I got this year. I, I nicknamed him Offset because of uh, on his left side, and he's got that one weird point that just kind of crooks back in.
0: So what? And, what um, is he? Explain. I, know, I know. Explain to people what uh, what he looks like as far as his rack.
1: All right, he's he's basically a, a mainframe. He's on his right side. He's got split brows, and he's got he's a so that me, oh, was it one two. He's a yeah seven seven on his right side with the split brow, and he's got a kicker coming off his G two, I believe. Or G three. And then on his left side, his brows aren't split. <clears throat> and he's got he's got a couple kickers coming off his base. And he's got
0: uh So how many total points does he have?
1: He's thirteen altogether. Okay,
0: thirteen points. He's and pretty he- tight. It looks like his main beams almost wrap around in touch.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: man that's pretty cool it's a it's a sick looking buck um now so you got pictures of him last year uh you said trail camera pictures of him last year in 2020 and then you got uh well would have been 19 and then 2020 you also got trail camera pictures of him right yes okay so how what was his jump would you say did i mean what was he last year uh as far as a score roughly and then what did what did he end up being this year
1: um this year uh, last year I would have said he was probably in in the 140s to 150s. Okay. And I think this year I think this year he might go 160. Gotcha. But I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty terrible at judging them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he ends up uh uh was he I, uh, was he a regular customer last year on the farm? I mean, was he was he there all the time or is this the kind of buck that the property that you hunt isn't really the the core area he just comes in and out every once in a while
1: looking back on where all i got him on four different camera locations and in and in the middle of those four locations the timber gets pretty thick so i'm i'm, I'm going to say he was bedding within three to 400 yards of each camera I I was placing. And I was just slowly kind of putting each piece of the puzzle together. But this year, the last, the last one I caught him on, I just kind of, I just kind of threw the camera up on a hunch. There's a bunch of those, uh, those big green hedge apples, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. And uh, I just had a hunch because I'm pretty sure I've seen him in there two or three years ago, I think it was the first year I hunted this, I killed a doe in this area, and he actually walked up on me while I was gutting her and blew out of me and ran off. And I remember it was him because of that weird point on his left side. Yeah, so I had a hunch, and so I I put the camera up, and I caught him, I want to say it was like 11.50 a.m. going down the trail, and I was like, oh, I got you now. And so I sat, I sat two little, I sat, I kind of set two stands up, really. It was two big cedar trees, one he walked right by it, and the other one actually killed him from
0: <clears throat> so what was the what was the kind of terrain features that he was working in and out of uh that you know led you to be put you know put those tree. I mean, it wasn't was it more than just a hey, I got a trail camera picture of him here. I gotta I gotta put a, a tree stand in this area, or were there some defining uh, terrain features that he was using coming oh. in and out of the area?
1: There was there was a trail that he that I, that I saw him using, and I you know I kind of walked back and looked in it, and it was it's just a real heavy thick overgrown area he was just walking under, and so I'm I'm assuming he. And it gets real thick. It gets real thick about three or four hundred yards from where he was walking in. It gets pretty, pretty thick. I'm sure he was bedding in there. And there's an old creek bed that runs right along a big ridge before you drop off into the river bottom on this property. Okay. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking he was bedding either up on top of the ridge in the thick stuff, or just right, right at the, right at that ridge.
0: Gotcha. All right. And was he, was he there all bow season too? I mean, did you have any encounters with him during the bow season?
1: Um, no, I didn't, I didn't actually see him until it was after muzzle season is when the first and only time I actually put eyes on him was that night. I, I, ended up harvesting them.
0: Okay. Um, so it was, was it, was it luck or, I mean, obviously it wasn't too much luck because you, you, you know, you got the trail camera pictures of him and, uh, how many days prior before you killed him did you have the uh, the trail camera pictures of him?
1: I want to say it was three weeks. Three weeks. It was about three weeks. And the rut, the pre-rut is, was kicking in, and the rut was just starting to kick in because, like I said, earlier that morning, that day I got him, I had a buck chase a doe right in behind me, and he chased her right in front of me. But he kind of veered off, and I ended up having to shoot her before she blew at me.
0: Okay, so you ended up—I uh, mean, he, he was in the area. You kind of knew you knew he was going to be coming through at at some point. What what day of the, I mean, what year or what day of the month was it when you shot him? Friday the thirteenth, Dan. Friday the thirteenth—kind of creepy, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, you telling me? <laughs> <laughs> so Friday the thir- Friday November thirteenth yes okay all right so when does the actual gun season start for you guys
1: it starts um usually the twenty, usually around the last week or so maybe a little bit before of november
0: yeah okay um and then, uh, how was your bow season then? I mean, obviously you shot this guy during the, during the rifle season, but how was I don't you? No, know. I got
1: him with my crossbow.
0: Oh, you got, you got him with your crossbow. Okay. The way, you, the way you, uh, um, the way you mentioned it in, in the, uh, uh, mentioned or uh, in the message you sent me, I thought it was, uh, with your rifle, but no, you got him with the crossbow. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, so.
1: I got, I got him in that little window between after muzzle season and right in before
0: rifle season. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, how was the rest of, like, the October and the previous 13 days of November for you? Did it come down to a, uh, um, was that the only deer kind of in the area, or were you chasing other, other oh, bucks? Oh, no.
1: There were, there were quite a few few bucks I actually had on list. The one of them I actually got with the rifle season. I got during rifle season, but I mean, I had, I had quite a few older bucks. No one's, no one's really hunted this farm in quite a few years. And so I had kind of, kind of a little bit of a, an older bunch that I kept seeing that they weren't ever really going to get that big, but I mean, they were just old. I mean, wrinkles in their ears. I mean, I don't, I think, I think this, this, The 13 pointer I had, I think he had two or three wrinkles in his ears and that other, the other one I got in rifle season, he had at least three in his
0: ear. Yeah. So, so they, so, um, he, he's been pretty active. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So any any bucks that you're looking forward to for this next uh this next year that kind of made it uh through that you may know of or any bucks that you pass looking forward to uh twenty uh 21?
1: Oh oh yeah, definitely. There's uh uh me and my dad and my brother, we all hunted together in the same area on the back part of the the farm opening day of rifle season and i i passed up one that i didn't think he was that big (laughs) until it got over to my dad my dad was like that was a giant yeah and like he he ended him he ended up not getting that one but he got another uh, he 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 got a pretty nice 10 point he's kind of older he's a little bit of a fighter kind of he had a few busted times but uh the other the other eight point i got Oh man, I was I was sitting there and I just happened to see a doe pop out from the timber, and she was kind of in this uh, I think it was a like, uh, one of those plum thickets, and I and I noticed another deer come out behind her, and I looked and I saw him sitting there, and then I saw him mount her, get off of her. She walked a little bit more. He mounted her again, and then he finally cleared the brush enough, and I took the shot.
0: Nice, nice. <laughs> Good, good, good. So it sounds to me like you had a pretty fun season, man.
1: Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. There's yeah. a, there's definitely a few few roaming out there that were that are going to be nice if they
0: make it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so are you a do you uh, hunt turkeys at all?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love me some thunder chicken.
0: Yeah. Do they have a um, uh? What do you got down there? Do you have Rios or are they Easterns? no nah. uh, for the most
1: part um uh, for the most part we have merriam's
0: okay so mariums for the most part so. um have, have you ever have you killed any rios down there are, are they in the area
1: um i haven't personally
0: no okay i've
1: only i've only killed i've only killed one or two birds off of this ranch they're they're these are some hard birds to hunt
0: yeah okay cool they man don't,
1: they don't talk a lot
0: yeah are they on the farms that you that you have access to, or do you have to go other places to get those?
1: Oh no, I've got I've got a, a couple flocks
0: on the on the farm. How many acres, by chance, that do you have access to?
1: Uh, I want to say it's roughly four to five hundred acres.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like you got everything you need in that four to five hundred acres.
1: Yeah, and and I have a lot of people that don't hunt around me, so
0: oh that that's helps. nice that's nice there's
1: there, there, there's a there's a there's a couple of people that hunt off to my to my east but they, uh, they they like to consider themselves hardcore bow hunters yeah but they're uh, not I, I i don't think they are <laughs> i mean i don't think they are yeah
0: yeah cool man Well, hey, congrats on uh, a good buck this year. Uh, Good luck in 2021, and uh, keep me posted, man.
1: I appreciate it, man. Hey, congratulations, you too.
0: All right, appreciate it.
1: All right, man, good luck. Thanks for having me.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen another friday episode in the books man if you if you can get outside this weekend get some fresh air take the kids out i I know it can be kind of difficult in these temperatures but uh you know even if it's just for a couple minutes get the kids bundled up you know push them kick them in the snow (laughs) um but yeah really really get outside get some fresh air and then start thinking about deer hunting again all right, or western hunter, or fishing, ice fishing, I think in two weeks I'm going to go ice fishing for the first time in a very long time, so um, if you guys are happy, subscribe, follow along on social, have a good week, thank you for t- tuning in, and uh, have a good weekend, thank you for t- tuning in, and a uh, huge shout out to the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles, Wasp, Archery, Vortex, Optics, Ozonics, and Lone Wolf, please go out and support those companies, because they support me, and I get to keep giving you free content, podcasts, all that good stuff, man. So, uh, have a good one, send good vibes out, get good vibes in, and we'll talk to you later.